0: Have your Bibles tonight, the book of Matthew, chapter number six, is on our heart. Book of Matthew, chapter number six. I want to begin reading tonight in the twenty-fifth verse of this chapter. Matthew six, twenty-five. I'll ask you if you would stand to your feet. We'll reverence God's word as we read. Verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you. Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Wow. Lord, would you help us now? to preach the Word of God in the demonstration of the Spirit. And with this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. From this text, I believe the Lord would have us think about this thought. Winning the war against worry. Have you ever worried? The Lord's been dealing with me about the last week about worrying. Worrying. I've done some worrying. I've done some worrying in the last few days. Worrying that I could not change anything, but I worried anyway. And I know you worry. We all worry. We ought not to worry. Worry's like a rocking chair. It'll keep you occupied, but you'll never go anywhere with it. You're all stressed up and nowhere to go. As a matter of fact, when I study in the Bible about worry, worry is a sin. Well, Preacher dear, I think it's a weakness. No, it's not just a weakness. It's wickedness. Worry is a sin. He says in verse 25, take no thought for your life. The word there, take no thought, that phrase, it means do not worry. Do not be anxious. You see it again in verse number 31. Look at it. Therefore, take no thought. It's a Greek word, merimno. It means care. Don't. It means your cares are dividing your mind. James one eight says, uh, "Any man that a double minded man is unstable in his ways." When you worry, you're having a double mind right there. Again, in verse thirty four, it's mentioned again. Therefore, take no thought. That means don't be troubled with head. Don't be troubled with cares. Don't be Troubled way ahead of time. Sometimes in life, you'll start worrying today about tomorrow and you'll start pulling tomorrow's clouds over today's sunshine. You get so worried about things. I'm just talking to somebody tonight. You you worry. Uh, some, some people, you got to know worry is a serious problem. Smart people worry because they know too much. <laughs> Rich people worry because they're afraid they're going to lose what they have. Poor people worry because they afraid they don't have anything. Ignorant people worry because they don't know enough, amen. And the old people worry about facing and death, and the young people worry about an unknown future. It's amazing. When I was young, I used to worry about getting old. And now that I'm old, I'm worried about, I want to get a little older. <laughs> amen. I'm just saying that today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday, in fact, we were driving back from vacation, and when we went back, there was a sign up on one of those places we had to stop to get gas. And it said, free gas tomorrow. <laughs> How many of y'all know that it seems like tomorrow never comes for us fast enough? Amen. Now, the Bible will tell us, it's not saying that you shouldn't plan. Uh, I believe the Lord has laws concerning sowing and reaping. He says, go to the ant thou sluggard. He, he talks about how the ant lays up her goods in the summertime to get ready for the wintertime. God's not saying that you shouldn't make provision for tomorrow, that you shouldn't, say, shouldn't make plans. He's also not saying don't go skipping through life, lackadaisical, without any care. That's not what he's saying, but there's a time that worry becomes exceeding sinful. And I want to talk about that, that tonight real quick. I don't know who you are. But God knows about your worry. Number one, in this text, you're going to see, you're going to recognize the causes of worry. There are four of them that he just covered. There are probably more. But he covered four basic ones. In verse 25, he says, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink. So I label that food. People are worried about food. People are worried. There are many people tonight, Worried about having enough food to eat. Did you know there's a vast number of people overseas that have nothing to eat whatsoever? And people are concerned. When we have some, I see it at the school sometimes. The kids sometimes don't have enough to eat. Oh, preacher, what do you do? Some of my teachers go and and we try to have supplies there to try to help them. It's not our job to do that, but we try to help because sometimes there are people, amen, that they don't have enough food to eat. The Bible says in verse 25, going down the verse, is not life more than meat? How many of y'all know that your life is more than food or drink? Verse 26, behold the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? So if God takes care of the birds, don't you know He'll take care of you? I've never seen a bird with a sign around its neck saying, I'll chirp for food. Now here's the logic. If a farmer goes out into his barnyard, he feeds his chicken. Does the farmer starve his children? If the farmer feeds his chicken, he'll take better cares of his children than he does his chickens. Amen? So if God takes care of the chickens and all the birds, Will he not take better care of you? So you should not worry about that. Now, he's not telling us that we ought not to work for food. I think we ought to work. Well, preacher dear, he takes care of the birds. Does he throw it in their nests? You ever heard what the, the statement says, the early bird gets the word. In other words, they leave the nest and they get out. They work for their food, right? Amen, America. God's not throwing the bird feed in the nest. Amen. Now, not only food, but look with me again in verse 25. We're going back to it. Take no thought. In other words, don't worry. Don't be anxious. For your life, what you shall eat or what you you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Speaking about your clothes, your raiment. So I label this, starts with a M, fashion. Look at verse 28. Why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Did you know Solomon was the richest and the greatest of all the kings? Hey, when he went to worship, he was decked out. Everybody knew that's King Solomon. And Jesus just said that Solomon and all his glory was not decked out the way God takes care of the lilies of the field. And if God takes care of the lilies of the field, honey, he's well big enough to supply and provide for you and for me. Amen. Well, preacher Darren, why are we involved in trying to help kids with trying to help kids with backpacks and shouldn't that be on their parents? It should be, but the thing is, I get to put a tract in there that they're not going to get from the Walmart, they're not going to get from the Kmart. Hey, man, I'm going to get to minister to them. I'm going to get to see some of my young people here at the church putting this in their hands, shaking their hands, inviting them back to church. Amen. Oh, now I get it, Preacher Dad. You're exactly right. And we want to make sure that when they come here, they'll know that there's a place called the House of God, and God takes care of His people there, and God feeds them, and God supplies them. Amen. Well, Preacher Darren, you drive me nuts when you get excited. I can't help but get excited because God is so good to us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look in verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven. You think about women. Back in those uh, day and ages, they didn't have Betty Crocker ovens. Amen. They would take the straw that was at one time beautiful growing in the field, and now it's straw. They'd take it and put it in the oven to build a fire with. Do you see that? At one time that was that beautiful that beautiful uh, straw was the clothing, the grass of the field, and now it's cast into an oven. God just said, shall he not? Jesus just said, shall he not much more clothe you, o ye of little faith? He he expects you to wear clothes. It did get real loud right there when I said that, amen. He expects you to wear clothes, amen. Good quality clothes, amen. He takes care of you. Now, look at verse number 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? There's another thing that people worry about. It starts with the letter F, it's fitness. Here's what he's saying You cannot worry yourself taller. How big is a cubit? It's 18 inches. But when you study the scripture here, it's not about his, st- st- the word stature doesn't just mean how tall you are. I'm six foot three. Doesn't mean stature how tall you are. It means your lifespan, right? How long you live, your longevity of days. You, you can't worry yourself taller and you cannot worry yourself into having a longer lifespan. Worry cannot lengthen your life. How many of you know that worry will shorten your life? Amen. He's not saying that you ought not to take care of yourself. He's not saying that you ought not to get the correct amount of sleep. He's not saying that you ought not to exercise. He's not saying that you ought not to eat nutritional. That's not what he's saying. He's just saying if you worry so much about, Oh, what am I going to do? I'm not going to make. Don't worry about it. Your life is in his hands. Every breath, every heartbeat is in the hands of the Lord God Almighty. How many of y'all believe that he's that sovereignly in control of your life and in mine? Amen. Notice with me, he uses, I'm a math teacher, he uses the word add. He did not ask us to subtract. Amen. Because I'm telling you, worry subtracts. You'll worry yourself into an early grave. Worry does not rob tomorrow of its sorrow, but it robs today of the strength we have to prepare. Worry, how many of you know, worry accomplishes absolutely nothing. You cannot worry yourself to a longer life. Look in verse 34. Take no thought, therefore, for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. You can't worry about the future. Amen? Amen. God has the future in His hands. It's not in your hands. I look this up on the pursuitofhappiness.org. 40% of things that people worry about never happen at all. 30% of the things that people worry about have already happened and you're worried about what happened in the past. 12% worry about what people say about you. Most of it's untrue. 10% worry about their health and worrying only makes their health worse. You add that together, it's 92%. So only 8% is considered to be legitimate concerns. So, Preacher Darren, you're right. I'm going to worry about legitimate concerns, but here's the problem with worrying about the 8% of legitimate concerns. Worry doesn't help anything. So you're wasting your time 100% of the time to worry about anything. How many of y'all know how much water it takes to make fog that goes 100 feet deep? How much water does it take to make fog that goes 100 feet deep? Thick fog. You can't even fly an airplane through it. It's unsafe. Did you know that according... um, Let's see, where'd I find this? I found it on the Bureau of Standards. They said that it takes less than one glass of water to cover seven blocks of fog 100 feet deep. One glass of water. Preacher there, why is that important? I want to submit to you that worry is like that fog. You worry and you can't even see through it. You worry, you can't take a step forward. You worry, you can't get around it. You worry, it just permeates your life. There was a lady at a nursing home. All her friends, as she got older, they were dying, and she was very upset and worried. She said, I'm worried to death that all my friends that have gone on to heaven are going to wonder what happened to me because I'm not there yet. (laughs) That's funny. Second of all, I want you to realize the cost of worry. Now, back to verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature the best thing that i can tell you about worry not you need to write this down this is the best thing i can tell you worry is absolutely useless that's the best thing that i could tell you not about worry the truth is worry is absolutely hurtful it's harmful to yourself worry is harmful to you in every area um it'll do the same thing to you, that it does to machine, sand does to machinery, machinery. You put sand in machinery, it'll shut it down. You put worry in your body, it'll cause you to start losing your joy. It'll, it'll cause you to start losing days off of your life. It brings digestive, circulatory, nervous, and muscle disorders. It absolutely cuts you to pieces, worry. Did you know worry is not only harmful to you, but worry is harmful to others around you. Worry is more contagious, write this down, than COVID. You didn't get that on ABC, NBC, or CBS. It's very contagious. How many of you people have known folks who brighten up the room when they leave? Because all they do is worry and talk about worry and they get you worried. They stress you out about it. There was a lady that went to the grocery store. She put her ca- all her packages in the back seat, her groceries in the back seat. She jumped in the front seat. And about that time, she heard a loud bang. Something hit her. She grabbed the back of her head and fell over, started screaming, ah-hoo, ah-hoo, ah-hoo. people started running to her across the parking lot. She said, terrorists have shot me. My brains are coming out everywhere. And the man said, ma'am, your can of biscuits have burst open and hit you in the back of the head. You're fine. There's a burglar that broke into a house. The husband went downstairs, met him, saw him. He said, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! Before you run away, my wife has worried every night for ten years that we've got a burglar downstairs. I'm sure she'd like to meet you before you leave." We worry and we worry and we worry and we worry and we check. And I'm telling you, it's absolutely kill us. There are people that just worry about worry, And they spread their gloom and their doom everywhere. I just want to say this. God, please deliver me from the worriers in my life. I have enough worries already without having to hear others' worries. The book of Philippians... Chapter number four, turn there with me, Philippians chapter four. If I'd have been more prepared, I'd have put it up on the screen for you. Philippians chapter four, and I've had people, God bless y'all, there's been people in this church have seen me go through storms and through worries and stresses, and I've had people text me this verse just to remind me, preacher dear, and you need to be reminded. So tonight, whoever you are that God spoke to me about preaching on worry, I'm giving you the verse back. Revelations chapter 4, Revelations, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. If you have a worry, give it to God. Make it a request of prayer with supplication and thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your minds and heart, your hearts and minds, through Christ Jesus. Worry is harmful to you. Worry is harmful to others. How many of y'all know that worry is a wound to God? Jesus died for our sins. Worry is an insult to God. Got quiet when I said that. Go back with me to our text in Matthew chapter 6. Let me reread verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Little faith. Worries and insult to God. Verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we clothe? For after all these things that the Gentiles seek, Gentiles are considered to be heathens or pagans. What he's saying is, when you're worrying about stuff, you're acting like a heathen. You're acting, and I do too, I'm acting like there is no God. When I'm worrying, I'm insulting his fatherhood in my life. You're starting to think like the world. He says, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. I'm talking to somebody right now. You are absolutely word to death. What am I going to do for my business? What am I going to do to find a young lady? What am I going to do to, to, to meet a young man? What am I going to do? What are we going to do, church? Oh, we're going under. We're going down. What on earth? Honey, that's an insult to God. Trust him. Look to him. Depend on him; he will see you through. Amen. Amen. Thirdly, and I'm done. Receive the cure. Verse thirty-two says, "Your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things." You don't have a need in your life that he doesn't already know about. You needed salvation. You didn't even know you needed it. But he knew you did before you knew you did. And he already sent his son to die on the cross of Calvary for your sins. Be buried and raised again. So that when you needed a savior, he was there. He's the one who gave you your body. If he gave his son for you and he gave you a body, don't you think he's going to take care of you? I'm thinking about the book of Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 32. Romans eight thirty-two. If God gave you your body, he's going to give you what you need to take care of your body, to clothe your body, to feed your body. He's going to take care of you. Trust him for it. Don't be lackadaisical. Don't be lazy. Go to work like you're supposed to, but watch what he does. Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he saved, has he saved you? Since he saved you, he said, I'm going to give you everything else you need. I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give you the Word of God. I'm going to teach it to you. I'm going to make sure you make it. Preacher out there, he's going to make sure you make it. It's going to be okay, amen. So for you worried about it, amen, it's not going to do you any good at all. In fact, there's more in Matthew about worry in chapter 10, quickly. Matthew chapter 10, look in verse 29. Talking about birds, right? Look at verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? In other words, they, they don't have a lot of value. They don't have a lot of worth according to the way of this world. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. There's not a bird that falls to the ground that our father, our God, doesn't attend its funeral. Verse 30. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Woo! You know what that tells me? God knows things about you that you don't know yourself. I looked down this morning as I was leaving to go to Haywood County to preach. There was hairs there on the sink. I didn't count them. I didn't need to. God already knew how many hairs fell out of my head this morning when I washed and combed my hair. God knows how many hairs fell. Well, preacher, dear, I'm bald-headed. Listen, you got hairs on your arms, amen, and God knows about every hair that falls off your body. He knows things about you that you don't know about yourself. You think God doesn't understand my trouble, but you don't understand how much he understands. Woo! (laughs) Not a person here knows how many hairs on your body. Verse 31, fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. If I, if God is there, and he is, since God is there for every sparrow, will he not be there for you for every area of your life? Every area. There was a uh, naval vessel that was in stormy waters, and they were in great danger. And all the sailors that were down below deck all were tossed to and fro like they've never been tossed before. They were worried they might hit a reef, or they might, you know, hit some hit some other vessel. And so one of the sailors did the unthinkable. He left his post. He went above deck up to the pilot house where was the captain who was steering the ship. And the captain saw that young uh, sailor and he knew that that sailor was scared. He knew that that sailor was worried. And he looked at him and smiled. He didn't wave, he smiled at him. And the young sailor nodded his head. He ran back down below deck. He went to all his buddies. They're like, we're going to die. We're going to drown. He said, fellas, I saw the captain and he smiled at me. He's got it all worked out. Amen. Our captain has it all worked out. Amen. It's well taken care of. Amen. Brother Kenneth. I had little Isla over in my arms about two weeks ago. She was sitting there with me, and she has these these little videos she likes to watch, and she's playing with something, and she wants to know that I'm watching her. And my head just turned, just like, she looked up. Now, she's not even one. She grabbed my face and pulled my face over to look at what she was doing and then lifted it back up to what she was watching. She was saying, Poppy, aren't you watching me? Poppy, I might fall. Poppy, hold me tight. Poppy, you got me? And God said, that's the way I do you. There's times in your life you feel like, Lord, are you looking my direction? You remember there was a man and his wife had a little, little, I think it was a little girl, and um, the wife got cancer. She died. She left behind, that mother left behind that little girl, her precious young husband. And... After they had her funeral and they came back to the house and all the family was gone. It was just that daughter and her daddy. And she said, Daddy, I'm so afraid. I don't want to sleep alone. Would it be okay if I slept with you on Mama's side of the bed? He said, that'd be fine, baby girl. And they knelt down to pray. And she said, Father, would you take care of me? through this valley she jumped up in the bed he pulled the covers up over he went around to his side he laid down to bed he cut the light off and the little girl said daddy yes honey are you looking at me because this is the darkest night ever in my life and before I go to sleep I want to know that you're looking at me she was worried And her dad said, honey, I'm looking right at you. Nothing's going to happen to you. I've got good, good, good control of this. She would sleep. After she did, he jumped out of his side of the bed. He knelt down and he said, God, it's the darkest night ever. I've never been so afraid and I've never been so alone. And I just need to know, Father, that your eyes is looking towards me. And he said, I got assurance in my soul that God whew, had everything under control. And I got back up in the bed and I laid down and I slept that night and he got through it by the grace of God. One more little thought about Isla. In our kitchen we have like a cutout over the sink that looks into our living room. And I think I'd come home from church one night in the revival meeting and I came in, I think, I forget what night it was, but there they sit and she see me and she went, and this is what she did. Y'all look at, everybody look at me. Don't be looking at the ground, look at me. This is my granddaughter I'm talking about. It's <laughs> what she did. She put her hands up, she turned them around and she went, you know what she's saying? Come get me, poppy. I can't get to where you are, poppy. You're too far away. I can't even walk. It's just something in my heart pulled me over there, and I said, "Give me my grandbaby," and I picked her up. When I did, she laid her her little head down on my. Shoulder. She's the best little hugger. She just hugged up on me, and God said, "That's what you need to do tonight." I was all worried about revival meeting, a lot of pressure, everything teeter tottering on what. I said, "Lord." i worry worried too much about getting dotting every I and crossing every T when I'm preaching. Lord, I just need to trust you more when I'm preaching. and God said, this is, what you, this is all you need. Y'all looking at me. It's all you need to do. I can't even walk. How am I going to get to where he is? And there's something, when I do this, it just gets on God's heart and just, hmm. I'm going to where he is and I'm going to wrap him up more. Some of you daddies and some of you mamas and some of you babysitters and some of you grandmas and some of you grandpas knows what I'm talking about right now. And I'm telling you, you're going to win the war with worry. You're going to have to do this. Amen. You stand to your feet. Amen. Seth, you come. Hey, everybody, put your hands up. Put your hands. You're praising the Lord now, right? Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all it is within me, all within me. bless his holy name. And now I want you to turn your hands backwards. She can't walk. She can't talk. <laughs> but her poppy understood what that meant. <laughs> and I don't know who you are tonight, I don't know what you're worried about. I- This worry is a chain to you. It's keeping you from having joy. You've got it hung around you. You're trying to serve God. You're trying to sing in the choir. But worry's hindering you and holding you back. Won't you not just let him get rid of the shackles off your life? You get down here and just say, Lord, (laughs) come help me. Meet me where I am, Lord. Deliver me from this worrying business because it's ruining my life. I need to trust you more. Would you come tonight? Father, here I am again. Lord would you come would you pick me up would you turn your head my direction Lord would you hold me God would you whisper to me give me that sweet assurance I'm your father I know what's best everything's going to be alright Lord we just need to hear it again we need that reassurance Lord we're worried about school. and We're worried about church. We're worried about finances. We're worried about food. We're worried about clothing and fashion. God, we're worried about fitness and all these things in our life. And God, tonight you have everything under control exactly where you want them. Lord, I'm asking your blessing tonight, God, because when you said, "Oh, ye of little faith, You're speaking to me. Help us, God, I pray. Deliver us, God, from worry. Help us, God, not to be contagious and affecting others around us. God, I pray you'd rid us of this loathsome disease. Cure us, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.